0: Listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're going to talk about how does one draw the line on anything?
1: Or really, should we be drawing lines at all?
0: Let's get started. Episode one. Brad, the idea of episode one for me is a big deal because I've wanted to do something like this for a long time. Um, The concept of drawing the line is years in the making. I thought about this a long time ago in Tennessee. Um, I've been a, I've been in youth ministry for about eight years, almost eight years. Um, Right. And so a podcast is something I've wanted to do for a while, never really gotten around to it or, Maybe dedicated myself enough to having everything that I needed and finding the time, but I'm just excited to be able to do it now. And um, well, me too, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, um, let me. I guess I'll say a little bit about myself since we're starting. Um, I, and my name's Roman McCutcheon. I am a family and youth minister to church in Virginia, uh, Virginia Beach, I guess. Um, and. Like I said, I've been in ministry for about eight years. Uh, I got married last, well, last year in July. Uh, So I have all the answers to marriage and know everything, and no one can tell me what to do.
1: Well, because it's been more than a year now.
0: Well, absolutely. You make it through year one, and you're good to go.
1: It's all downhill from there (laughs) or uphill. I, I don't know which I don't know how I think about, I don't know how I feel about that, Brad. Um, I'm coming up on 20 years, man. Oh, that's that's <laughs> impressive.
0: Yeah. So um, I have kind of lived everywhere. Um, I guess I would call home St. Louis. So it's technically born in Alabama, but Virginia is state 11 or 12 for me. So um, I don't know. I, I will say that this area feels more like home than a lot of other places have. So that is nice, and it's nice that. My wife Lauren feels that way too. She's settling in, she teaches now, and so that's, I know we, are, we haven't been here very long, but we already know that we wanna be here for a long time. So uh, we're excited about it um, and you know, looking forward to being here and um, doing things like this way more often. Um, but that's more than enough about me, Brad. You are way more interesting than I am, so you tell me about you.
1: Well, that's that's not true. Now, I know you said that it's looking like, you know, you might want to stay here and this could remain home for you. But we do have like three hurricanes lined up in the Atlantic (laughs) that are bearing down on us right now. So just wait till you get through this first hurricane season. That's fair. And uh, and then and then we'll see. Um, No, I'm super excited, too. Uh, I've always wanted to do a podcast, to be on a podcast uh I certainly listen to enough podcasts. Right. What right. a great way to get information. It's like people are it's like we're right there in people's heads, yeah. right? Right there with them. Absolutely. Um so uh although it sound when I say that I've been married almost 20 years, it makes it sound like I'm I'm ancient compared to you, but I'm not. We're relatively close right, right, in right. in age. Um but I uh uh you know I'm he, man, I always like to bury this lead but I'm a, I'm a lawyer is what I do for my Ooh, day job. Lawyer. Please don't hold that against me. <laughs> I always try I, I don't even know why I started with that. Right. But I'm 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 married, happily married um to my current wife as I said one time in a <laughs> teaching a Bible class, my, I introduced Katie wife. as my current wife. <laughs> I'll never do that again. I don't even know why I just brought it up, but uh but I have two wonderful boys, uh, who are, uh, 14 and 12. Mm. And, uh, I've been, uh, doing church work, uh, for a long time, a lot of uh, adult education and teaching and benevolence ministry. And, uh, man, I love to talk and think about this stuff. So I think, um, you know, I hope we're the right duo to tackle some of these, uh,
0: subjects. Uh, no, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I, I have heard even before I moved here, I heard a lot about you, and I had a com- I had a couple conversations with you before I moved here, and you know, interestingly enough, I had I was thinking about doing something like this before I moved here, even like to do it intentionally while I was here because of I, I know that you know COVID has put everybody in this like awkward sort of weird isolation for some people and for some people not so much, but I wanted to be able to reach out in every medium possible and. Um, you were the guy. You were always going to be the guy. I don't know if you know this or not, but like, um, you were you were the first person. I was like, I, if I'm going to do it, I want to make sure Brad has first dibs.
1: Ever since you saw me on Facebook Live, <laughs> streaming from my living room. <laughs>
0: That was it. That's what did it for me. It was the, it was the your living room, um, your decor, and uh-huh. how you just you blended so well. It was great, I enjoyed. It's all it.
1: about the background. Yeah, absolutely. We, we have we have to do an audioscape now, though. We don't have the background to lure people in with. It's just got to be our voices, our velvety voices, oh, is all that we can use.
0: Absolutely, and I do have a face for radio, as many people have told me. Um, my grandfather used to say, Roman, if you can't look good, smell good. <laughs> That's funny
1: because I've I've had people and I I think it might have been a backhanded compliment. They'd say you smell like my grandfather, (laughs) (laughs) and I think that might be because of the cologne I was
0: wearing. (laughs) Oh man, yeah, I I wear cologne every now and then, but in all honesty, I'm always afraid that that's what's going to happen. Like someone, I'm going to remind them of like some old man. They're going to be like, Hey, you remember that time when you smelled like an eighty year old man, and I didn't want to hang out with you anymore? Like, oh, and I'm, and that it's always. And and when you hang out with kids all the time, you 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 do everything that's old anyway, so it doesn't even matter, right? And um, you're
1: automatically ancient. Oh, absolutely. Although I we've already experienced that at least around my kids, I'm way more ancient than you are. <laughs> <laughs> Fair,
0: and I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that wave. I'm gonna be okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, but trying to get into the idea of what this podcast is about, what we're trying to accomplish, and um, eventually talking about why we think this is important, why we're even doing it. And I, I want to say first and foremost that, and, and I, think, I think Brad, you'll agree with me, that um, we want, if nothing else, to just show God's love during our conversations. Um, and, and, and understand that though we may not agree on everything that at the end of the day you know we we both understand that we're imperfect people serving a perfect god who loves us unconditionally and hopefully we can give that message to other people based off our actions and how we can interact with with one another um
1: absolutely i mean i in fact i think that you know it's the communication of that fundamental principle you know that if god is love, mm-hmm. and that you know, if we are relating to other people and we are not doing it in a loving way mm-hmm. and we're not communicating love, we're not communicating God. Right. We may think that we are because we're using lots of God words and God phrases mm-hmm. that people have told us to use, but if it's not loving, and I would even go so far as to say if people aren't experiencing it as love, mm, yeah. if it doesn't seem loving to them, then I think, you know, the burden's sort of on us to, to check ourselves. But, you know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I, that, that's really, I agree, that's, uh, that's a huge goal. And even if we might not end up agreeing on, you know, exactly how to get there, I think we can find a lot in common you know, to hopefully share with other folks too.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I I don't want to make it like come off by saying me and Brad are going to disagree on everything and this is going to be weird. But, and I don't, I don't, I don't think that I don't believe that at all, but I, I I do think that we are in different stages of life. We have different perspectives and we're going to talk about perspective like a fair amount because it's just an integral part of someone's Christian walk. And so you know you're going to view things just differently than I do, and I mean on on certain things. And um, well, and I, and I would say that maybe
1: part of it is that uh, I think we both. It's always it's always dangerous to talk about uh, humility because it's like you know what I graduated from humility one hundred and one, right. and now I'm in humility <laughs> right. two hundred and one. Right, right. But you know, to have the humility to recognize that you don't actually have all the answers mm-hmm. that you might not be right about everything and to, yeah. to come into sort of every interaction from that perspective if, if you can both come into the interaction that way I think there's there's it then opens up a many more possibilities of, of finding agreement um, so yeah
0: yeah no absolutely and and that that actually kind of, directly transitions into the concept of what drawing the line is um, I remember first telling you Brad about through an email about drawing the line and yes. the immediate reaction was <laughs> hey maybe we could consider something different and, and and if and and if I remember correctly there was along the lines of there's some negative connotations that go with that. And, and maybe I should just let you go ahead and explain your first thoughts on when I'm telling you about drawing the line, what were, what were your first thoughts? Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess, uh, my instant reaction is, you know, I get a little worried when, uh, Christians quote unquote start drawing lines. Cause yeah. I think over time, unfortunately Christians have drawn lines in a lot of ways that have, uh, pushed people away, mm-hmm. um, And, uh, you know, in ways, you know, maybe some ways that are consistent with scripture, maybe some ways inconsistent with scripture, you know, certainly there's, uh, you know, numerous examples in history in recent past and in, in, uh, you know, more historic past of of Christians doing that. So, yeah, I I think maybe, um, you know, when we talk about drawing a line uh, also, um, I guess you know. Just thinking about Jesus, there are times when I sort of see Jesus uh, maybe obliterating certain lines that are there, or erasing lines, or questioning lines that have been drawn. Yeah, it's maybe that he's. It's not that he's not drawing lines, just that maybe whatever you know, whatever culture or society or the re, mostly the religious, the the socio political religious establishment, those lines right. that have been drawn, you know, he would call those into question. Um, but, you know, that that doesn't mean that there's uh, that doesn't mean that there's no time uh, uh, for for wisdom and discretion right. and judgment.
0: No, absolutely. And and I I, I mean, I, I have I have some notes here just to make sure that I don't ramble on forever about, super, about dumb things that don't matter. But I do. I mean, literally wrote down Jesus. I, th- I think that Jesus was a line drawer, but he was also a line eraser and a line mover. Um, and we see that multiple times in scripture um everything from zacchaeus uh who a tax collector who nobody really wanted to hang out with uh right and he's like no i'm going to your house we're gonna go hang out and right. and um that concept was is, is foreign to people there's the love your enemy concept there is um the woman at the well talking to the samaritan woman there's um, John eight, uh, who's without sin cast a first stone. Um, you know, even even in the idea of Jesus picking his disciples, right? And he's like, I'm gonna go talk to these fishermen over here. I'll be right back. You know, yeah, and the, it,
1: the rejects from uh rabbinical school.
0: <laughs> right. And and so like it it seemingly whatever people like the idea that people had about how Christianity or, or how my faith is supposed to work. Jesus kinda came in and said, Hey, that's cool and everything, but let's look this way. And 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 now what's great is that we have we have his vision now. We can see it. We have you know, we have scripture, we have truth. And and that, that also can play into a downfall because what becomes my opinion when I decide that this is how I interpret scripture, I can say, Well, if 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 Bible is truth, then it's now fact. And so when I go into a discussion thinking, well, these are facts because this is what the Bible says, and this is how, you know, and, and I look at it as this is what the Bible says, not this is what Roman thinks the Bible says, um, it's it's going to be hard to move me somewhere. And so I've drawn these lines, and but I'm not going into a conversation with um, an open mind. And And the idea that... Having a line drawn and having an open mind, I feel like people think that that can't happen, but I I think that it it can and it should, and that's how Christians should sort of be. Because at at any point you should be able to stand firm in your faith. That that is that should hopefully not come into question. However, that doesn't mean that when your faith is questioned, that doesn't mean that when someone comes in and says, "Hey, maybe you should look this way, or maybe you should consider this." Um, which is, which is different than the way that you're currently thinking. That doesn't mean you, you, you close off and say, absolutely not. Like this is, it, it means, all right, Hey, let's consider, which is what you you, what you hinted at or what you were talking about with humility is like, Hey, listen, like maybe I don't know everything. And for some people and for a lot of people, myself included, it's really hard because we, I think we all like to be right. Well, yeah. N- not only do we all like
1: to be right, but I think we all assume that we are right. Right. So yeah. when you when you come to an interaction, a relational interaction, with the presupposition that you are right and 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 what you speak is is truth, mm-hmm. and your you know your formulation or your interpretation of Scripture, for instance, is truth, then if I confront you with that, there's really only uh, two options. You're either going to, well, let, let's assume you don't agree with me. Sure. You're either going to reject that because you're you're ignorant. You know what right, I mean. You're right, you're, right. you're you're dumb, or you're like yo, you just don't get it. Sure. Or you're you're just rejecting truth. You mm-hmm. do recognize it, but you're like, you know what? I'm not going to reject. So if I come to our interaction with that presupposition that you know what I'm right, and so. Obviously, if he if if Roman doesn't accept that. You know he's in the wrong. Is is he wrong because he just doesn't get it, or is he wrong because he's actively evil or he actively uh, rejects the truth? I think there's some other options there. Right. I think there's some other options. Like maybe maybe experience gets in here when we're talking about truth too. Maybe experience is a important part of it because the way maybe I have lived my life or the experiences that I have they have caused me to see truth or they've caused me to see this in a certain way mm-hmm. in the way that you've lived in, what do you say? 11 different States. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've lived here and in California, I, I tried out both coasts right, <laughs> and, uh, and, and brought back a, a wife from California. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, I haven't had the same experiences that you've had. So I, I think it's entirely possible mm-hmm. for those experiences to really uh, color the way that we see, it's a filter, right? And it's a filter for scripture. It's a filter for, for life. Um, it's a filter for when we come and engage with other people on, on various subjects.
0: Right. And, and that's, I mean, you nailed it. I mean, that that's, that's exactly, hopefully what, how this podcast presents itself to people that what we are, the message that we are trying to send is that Yes, I think there are lines for Christians. However, that doesn't mean that Roman as a Christian has it all together. That Roman as a Christian or Brad as a Christian knows all the answers and that we're going to go into every discussion that that's the truth. That my truth is truth instead of God's truth. And I think there's a big difference there because like I said before, we are imperfect people serving a perfect God. And in my imperfection is lack of knowledge. Well, I'll just, let me piggyback on your
1: point right there. Cause I think something that, you know, we need to be careful about is that I don't know how much of a difference there is for me coming to you and saying, you know what, uh, Roman, th- this is my truth and I'm hundred percent convinced of it. And I, me coming to you and saying, Roman, this is God's truth. Cause I think that's right. what a, a lot of people do mm-hmm. is of course, they believe it's God's truth because if they didn't, it wouldn't be their truth. Right. So they will label it that way. So I think maybe this is just like my my opinion or sure. my suggestion is like when you when you approach these matters, it, it's more like. And I'm not trying to become a you know total moral relativist here. Sure, um, I'm just saying when you approach something, the reason why you believe something to be so is is based on a combination of what you've read, what you've learned, what you've experienced, what you know, how it has played out in your life. It's all these very many things. Mm -hmm. It's a combination of those things. So I better be very careful and circumspect before I go pronouncing that that quote-unquote truth is God's truth. Because once I do that, I'm not leaving any room for anybody else who's raised with completely different in different circumstances and different experiences and has seen that play out differently. I'm not really leaving any room for them. Now there, there may be some areas where you know we do end up saying that. And I'm sure you know, as we go through the podcast, we'll probably identify areas like that. But I think uh, maybe sometimes Christians, especially groups of Christians, tribes of Christians, in order to distinguish themselves from each other mm-hmm. so they know that they're unique, um, have decided to make everything God's truth right. that, that would then potentially apply to everybody outside of them. I mean, you notice... That whenever you are drawing lines of who's on the inside and then who's on the outside, that we always draw the circle with ourselves standing in the middle.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Right? And so while we're doing that, other people are doing that too. So if I'm doing that and then you're doing that and we have different metrics, mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard to find common ground.
0: No, and 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 I completely agree with you. And, and I think that that's why Sunday mornings, as far as... Um, I'll say Christianity goes, is potentially the most segregated day of the week. Right. Um, segregated time of the week is is the idea that, um, well, because I believe something different than you, I'm going to go to a completely different building and we're going to worship differently, sort of, and though we do claim to serve the same God. And I don't know that we should be okay with that. And if we can agree that we shouldn't be okay with that, which mm-hmm. is... Getting to that point is also very difficult, right? Right. But if, if we can come to a conclusion that we should that unity is something that we should strive for, which Philippians two kind of says. I don't know how you would get around Philippians two without right. you know talking about unity in general. But anyway, right. um, uh, if if we're, that's what we're striving for, um, how can how can we get there? What what can we possibly do to? If, you know, if at all possible, let's just take the entire state of Virginia. I know that there's convenience that comes into play. Like, I'm not going to, you know, to go worship, it would be very ridiculous for me to drive eight hours every Sunday, right? Um, There's convenience, but like, what's to say that there isn't a major city that can have, you know, three churches instead of 50? You know, I lived in a small town in Texas. Uh, The population was, I don't even think it was 5,000 and there were 17 churches. And that in like looking at that and I'm thinking come on, really? How how can we even be okay with that? And that not only were there 17 different denominations, like like specifically churches of Christ, there were 8. And we can't be okay with that. Right. And, right. And so how how why were the line? Why are the lines and seemingly like obviously this is we're drawing the line. Right. And so the lines were drawn, you know, so specifically and, and so, you know, it, at times very personally um, that you, you can't you can't cross them. You can't go back and forth. You can't move them or, you know, do anything differently without upsetting one side or the other and not being able to communicate either way. And Without communication, we're kind of left in this dead space and nothing happens. Well, I think uh, to go
1: back to your point of unity, it's such a good point um, because I think whatever steps we can take, whatever small steps we can take, hopefully this podcast is, is a step, right. whatever steps we can take toward unity, uh, I think are, are, are good, are helpful. Even I think a favorite phrase um that church people like to use uh, especially with people they don't agree with mm-hmm. is uh it's from Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 the speaking truth in love but what Absolutely. what's incredible is that um I was just actually just looking at this this morning and uh and listened to a podcast that that brought this point up is that in context in Ephesians Paul is talking about unity yeah, that's what he's talking about, which is so ironic because that verse is so many times used like a hammer. Uh, my wife says it's like it's like a pink hammer. It's like a, a velvet <laughs> hammer, right? You know, yeah. you speak the truth in love. you right. know, sort of as an afterthought. but really the the focus of, of not just that that verse, but that chapter is about unity. Mm-hmm. So you know, if if love is the emphasis, if love is the emphasis there, I think that naturally uh, leads us, hopefully leads us towards unity.
0: Definitely. And, and I think that as Christians, um, we, we have a certain perspective on what that love should look like, right? Because hopefully the relationship that we have with God has kind of given us that, but now we need to look at the other side and say, okay, surely we don't just want unity within the church that we would prefer. I I prefer maybe the wrong word that we would, we would want unity with or or bring in people into our unity from outside of the church. Right. Right. And one, one body, many parts. Absolutely. And so if, if we can't get past unity within ourselves, how can we ever expect to bring people into a chaos? I mean, like, really, like, I mean, right. if we're being really honest and, and maybe maybe harsh, um, if we've decided to put up all, I mean, you could look at a line as a barrier. We're putting up all these barriers between each other because you think this and you believe that and I think that's wrong and my beliefs are completely different than yours somehow, even though we're reading the same Bible, you go over there to that side of the town, I'll go to this side of the town, this is my territory, you're going to have yours, don't come over into mine, um, but we're both going to have fall festivals and we want your family there and yeah how like i don't like i grew up in the church my dad has been a minister my entire life and and so i don't have i don't have the perspective of growing up without going to church and so really looking at looking at that and considering man okay i live in a town of let's just go back to the the, the small town in texas i live in a town of 17 churches of 5000 people why would I want to be a part of that? What what would what would be enticing when those people don't seem to have it together? And is it because they've drawn these lines? Is it because they are refusing to move those lines? Is it because they don't love each other? And how can we how how can we really minister or bring people in or why would we even want to? Well, I
1: Roman, I think you are you are starting to ask the right questions there because I think those are the those are the questions that are maybe a little uncomfortable, but I think are incredibly important questions for Christians to ask. How would uh, you know the the typical person who sees how you know the the churches are acting? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even just like you said, that sort of the division of, you know, trying to understand that, or when they come to you and they ask you to explain it the way that you explain it. Um, you know, I, I, I have been blessed with a wife that didn't grow up um, mm. with, with a lot of the same formal structure. You know, mine was much like yours. You know, my dad was a, you know, a deacon, an elder, a minister, um, and a dentist. <laughs> So, um, you know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, attending church every time it was open, you know, several times a week, church school, the the school was at the church, you know, there was, I was up there six or seven days a week, but she didn't. And so her perspective on all of this has been so enlightening to me because there are some things that we do as Christians that. You know, she'll turn to me sometimes and she'll just scratch her head and she'll be like, what is this about? And once you start to explain it, you it sort of uh, explanation fails. I find this as a parent, too, like when your kids are growing up, they sometimes they hit you with these stumpers of questions where when you actually have to start articulating the answers to their questions, mm-hmm. it becomes extremely Difficult, right, you know, yeah. like even when they start asking questions about God, you know, things that uh, that you should have the you know quote unquote right answers to, that there should yeah. be truthful answers to. Those things, when you say them out loud, um, and and you step away from them for a moment, they they sound different. So I think it is absolutely worthwhile to consider everything that we're talking about. From the perspective of someone who's on the outside and is just looking at this, like, what are you guys doing? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing it this way? Why not do it this way? If you were a business, you know, when you said that about how many people were in the town and how many churches there were, you know, some consultant would come in and the church isn't a business, but they'd be like, wow, this is ridiculously wasteful of resources. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Why don't you guys combine ever You're trying to help people? Or are you trying to, you know, help help the homeless? You're trying to, you know, uh, feed people? You're trying to minister to people? You're trying to provide... You know, you guys, if you pulled your resources, you could really do amazing things.
0: Absolutely. Um, and, it, you know, it was, it's funny that you mentioned helping the homeless because I... Um, that's actually one of the things I'm talking about. My class this Sunday with the youth group is... Um, yeah, the, 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 the first question of class is, okay... There's a homeless man sitting at a stoplight in the median, right? And he has a sign up, says anything will help, God bless, right? People see that all the time. Um, you have a $20 bill in your pocket. Should you give it to the homeless man? You don't You don't need the $20. You actually found it in a parking lot. You didn't even think you were going to have it, right? Should you give the $20 to a homeless man? And I've, I've asked this question to youth groups before, and you get a wide array of answers from absolutely give it to him or no, because then, you know, maybe he'll go buy drugs or, uh, maybe you go buy him a meal instead. And then you give him the meal or you go buy him a gift card or, or something like that. Right. And you get these, these different answers. And so I asked the question, why do you, why did you say that to any of those answers, any, in, in, any, any sure. one of those answers, why did you say that? And they're like, well, um, because it's the right thing to do. And I'm like, well, how did you know it was the right thing to do? Where did you get that? Where, where does that come from? And that's when most of the time I get that like awkward like blank stare and they're like, well, I, uh, uh, <laughs> and you kind of get that. And so um, in one of the things that I really enjoy doing in my classes with with youth in general, but I, I mean, I should probably if I taught more adult classes, I think I would do the same thing is the idea of prove it. And kids like to make bold statements all the time. Adults like to make bolder statements but kids like to make these kind of miniature bold statements without without a lot of the times without the understanding behind what really they're saying. And so oh,
1: adults do that on the Internet all the time, oh, too. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you're right. But you're right. Unsourced, uh, bold uh, pronouncements.
0: Yeah. And so the idea is prove it. OK, that's fine. You want to say that, OK, no, I'm not going to give the homeless man money because he'll go buy drugs. OK, explain to me one why you would make that statement and then also prove to me why it's wrong for you to just give them the $20 or, and and so then they, then, then it becomes this whole ordeal where it's like they want to name off all these other things and say, well this studies this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But like, can you use some scripture for me? Can you, can you give me more? Can you give me, can you give me some truth behind it that would make more sense? And, and and, you'll, and, I'll, and it's funny because normally I don't give them an answer. Like normally my opinion in that statement and in that moment I don't give because it's unnecessary, I think. They want to come talk to me about it after class. Sure, that's fine. No big deal. But if you're – and I mean like that's, that's right back to, in my opinion, that's them drawing a line somewhere. Right. And it's like, okay, that's fine. You can draw that line, but you better be able to back it up and, and give me a really good reason as to why it's there. Right. And your sources better be pretty solid because – it's, I mean, it's a big claim. You, you, you want to stand behind something, that's fine, and I'm really okay with that. That's like if I'm driving down the road and you want to pull out in front of me, I don't have a problem with that as long as I don't have to slow down and because I will flash you and honk the horn and probably say some things that I shouldn't say because that's I'm an angry driver. It's the same idea. Like, all right, say what you need to say, and that's fine, but back it up. Right. And hopefully – and, and, and I've seen, and I think I've seen some good results from it, but like, hopefully that, that, that gives kids, you know, an understanding of, oh, this is, this is what life is like. This is what I go into the real world and I make a statement about my faith. I'm going to need to back it up. And, and sometimes the questions are really difficult. Like what we were talking about as well. Okay. That's fine. Your church has the same name as the church down the road, but you guys don't church together. Right. So, f- answer that, figure that one out. Right. So I,
1: um, right. Well, we have all sorts of ways that we, uh, we divide ourselves, um, you know, within churches, within, you know, other, other churches, we have all sorts of ways, you know, when you mentioned how you, your tactic in that class sort of reminds me of my law school classes where, I mean, I think the best professors, you don't necessarily know exactly what they're thinking or exactly what, you know, side they're on of Mm -hmm. of any particular issue, what they want you to do is to learn how to approach issues. Um, they're trying to develop wisdom really. Absolutely. And, and I think that's so important, you know, not just for kids or teenagers, but for us too. Um, because it takes, it's not what I think you're pointing out with that example is there's not necessarily a right and a wrong answer to some of these scenarios, but there is a wisdom that can be learned, and it's you know wisdom that can be uh, found in scripture. Um, the, the the wisdom in scripture, let's say the you know from some of the wisdom literature, let's say in Proverbs, you know this was sourced from Solomon or or other uh, teachers, and and that was through experience. I mean, he talks about that. You know, there right. was experience that led to you know recording uh, these these proverbs. But I think we can experience that in our own lives. Like yeah. we, we can see how, with some of the people around us, maybe family members, maybe friends, that for some people, um, giving to them in certain situations might not be the most loving thing to do right um, you know for for other people yes they they need and, and and it's the right time but what's the difference between those there's wisdom that needs to be implied but or, or applied but like you said, that wisdom is coming from somewhere right it's coming from somewhere how was it developed what what is our source and I think starting people off to think about that rather than just a knee jerk oh this is what I do in this situation is Super important.
0: Yeah, and so I think that that's our podcast concept. Every, I mean, I know that like I say, that's our podcast concept. Like we didn't just talk for like twenty minutes, <laughs> you know, about what that is. But it's that's kind of how this is gonna roll. I, I I think that sometimes you just need to talk it out, right? Sometimes that you know you you have something that you you got a point that you want to get to, and so okay, maybe I'm I'm speaking for brad but this is for this is for me like i i am i think out loud i'm like i'll be at home and i'll be like trying to figure something out for class or, or a lesson or something and lauren's like who are you talking to I'm like, you don't worry about it, lauren like <laughs> <laughs> not you not you okay um <laughs> And yes, I do answer myself back. If I ask a question, it's like people ask me that all the time. And I, yes, I answer myself. So if I me, do the,
1: I do the same thing. It just happens in my head. I have a, I have a son who, and a wife who both, uh, do a lot of talking out loud, uh, to themselves, which is fun. It's fun to listen to. It's absolutely. fun. It's fun to, uh, to, uh, you know, sort of sneak in and, uh, to eavesdrop on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and
0: <laughs> and so on as, the
1: inner on the inner dialogue. No, right.
0: As I'm, you know, as as I am, you know, making an attempt to, to really figure out where, you know, I'm trying to go, um sometimes I ramble, but 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 I think the idea with with our with our podcast with with drawing the line is is the underlying understanding that our lines where I'm at right now don't need to be drawn with a permanent marker. That, that they should not, at this current moment, um, be absolutely, completely concrete, solidified, can never be moved.
1: Well, let's just be honest about our, again, about our own experiences. If we go back and we think about ourselves five years ago, yeah. ten years ago, um, you know, I, I, I don't know who our target demo is on this, but let's, <laughs> if we got some, if we got some older folks out there, maybe they can go back 20 years, 30 years. But if you think about how you saw the world, um, you know, wh- where, you know, where you were on certain issues, certain concepts, how how you saw yourself, mm-hmm. how you saw your role as a, as a wife, as a husband, as a, Brother, as a sister, as a parent, as a child, all those different things, those things. If we are honest, it changes. Yeah. And and so we really again back to humility. It it really unless we sort of have a dose of humility and just assume that okay now because I've reached you know forty two years old, I've now reached the you know the apex of knowledge and wisdom, (laughs) and I've got it all figured out. When you know that's likely not the case because you probably would have said the same thing at thirty two and at and certainly at twenty two. Sure.
0: Right. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. And, and, uh, perspective change based off experience. Uh, you, that's literally, I think I just literally stole something that you said word for word potentially. And, and it's, but it's so true. And, and when, and, and so like I've said in, in many sermons that I love to be right and I, I love to be right also to the point where I want the other person to be wrong. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 I, and I think that... That's an ego thing. No, a- and, absolutely. And we, have, we all have... You need an
1: ego to get out of bed in the morning,
0: right? Yeah. And and, and, I, and I don't want to say that... Uh, I don't want to go too far as to say that, that, that the desire to be right is not always bad. Because if, you're, if, if you have a desire to be right, that means hopefully you're seeking truth. Right. Like, like, right. And, and, and that is not a bad thing. Um, like um, John Piper says in Desiring God... Wanting to be happy, pursuing happiness, is not bad. It's not wrong, right? However, you can find yourself, you know, seeking things that don't make you truly happy, right? And and, and so when you know we get into this idea that you know I, I am I'm trying to seek truth, but why am I seeking the truth? Am I seeking it? For my own gain, so that I can be this guy that knows everything, or am I seeking truth so that I can give truth to other people um, out of love and out of a desire to have a godly relationship with them? Um, you know, going back to Philippians 2, being able to be like minded, having a Christ like mindset in my relationships, valuing others above myself. Um, and it, that's, that's, that's a key thought that allows, if I can get out of the way, get, get out of my, if Roman can get out of Roman's way and just let God do his thing, um, I feel like he's probably proven that he's really good at it. And sometimes I can be good at it, but there's also times when I'm really bad at it and, and understanding when that happens is, is in in all honesty, I think a, a big problem is, I am consistently inconsistent, um, and, and that's where you know I'll, I'll, I'll draw a line here but not over here. I'll be really strict about this one and not so strict about this one. So someone comes into my beliefs thinking, where is this guy at? What's he doing? What's going on? And, and how or why do I want to be a part of that? And so being able to reach out to people, our true calling is discipleship, right? And I, I have to be able... To figure out how I'm going to approach my relationships with people, as far as being able to communicate my faith and where my lines are, or however, I'm going to look at where my lines are. Um, in um, also with the idea and and uh, of where they're at, meeting them where they are, and not just making it about me.
1: Well, and and I think I, I think that it's always going to be. More compelling. It's back to that speaking the truth in love. We could almost say, you know, say, you know, where my lines are, where my truth is. I think people are going to be more compelled by your love than by your truth, or by your love than by your lines. Right. They're they're going to be more attracted to that. Um, That's what's going to show them that you desire a relationship with them, that you desire what's best for them is, is that love. Mm -hmm. Um, no matter what you're communicating to them, right. You know, some, some truths are hard. Some truths are so hard. We don't want to tell, tell them to ourselves. Right.
0: absolutely, (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. We're the last
1: person who wants to know the truth. There is, uh, Speaking of the, I know we're talking about lines, but I sort of think about you know lines and truth uh, sort of go together. I heard uh, Jerry Bias, who's a a guy that I a great teacher. Um, I heard him talk about this verse, another just sort of I guess famous Christian verse. Uh, John chapter eight verse thirty-two. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know this idea that the truth will set us free. And he was talking about how you know growing up, he always thought that essentially meant you know I need to collect as much truth as possible, or one way to say it is I I need to draw all the right lines or as many lines as possible. Once I do them, then I will be free. But what he found is that as he explored uh, God and as he got older and as he saw things differently, just talk, just like we were talking about, these mm-hmm. changes in perspective, he found that um, you know some of that was shifting and others, he, he needed sort of room to grow in other areas. And he came to look at this verse, which was just mind-blowing to me when I heard it, is that you know, another way to read this verse is that whatever sets you free is the truth. So that if if the truth that you are trying to communicate, or, or the the truth, the lines that you are drawing, if they are not creating freedom, if they are not leaving you in a in a place where you're where you're free uh, to love somebody, to embrace God, if if they are putting you in a place where they don't result in freedom, Mm -hmm. then you have to ask, well, I wonder if this is true. Right anyway, when I heard that this morning, I thought I'd never even considered, uh, I always thought it's okay. Well, you, you know, truth equals freedom as opposed to freedom equals truth. The truth, the one of the ways you'll recognize it is that it will set you free. I mean, if it's true, if the truth will set you free, if something's not setting you free, is
0: it true? Right. And, and I, and i think that we need to we also need to be careful in understanding that just because i don't want to hear that truth doesn't mean that it's not freeing.
1: Oh, that's absolutely that's absolutely right. I mean, a lot of i think truths can be uncomfortable, particularly like i just said a couple of minutes ago when they're about ourselves. Yeah. You know, Jesus tells us that, you know, in the in the sermon on the mount that, you know, the truth about the issues that we have, our personal issues, are going to be obscured because we're usually going to be focused on the issues that other people have, mm-hmm. to the extent that we're not going to be able to see our own. So, the, sometimes we have the, the hardest time telling the truth to ourselves, or, or I guess seeing the the truth of ourselves.
0: Right. I kind of I kind of think of Moses when I think of the idea of of truths that I maybe don't want to accept, and and the idea that he was willing to come up with anything and everything to not do what God was asking him to do. He's yeah. like, no, I can't speak well. They're not going to listen to me. Like, come on, God. There's a lot. I mean, like I got a whole list, man. We can do this for a long time. Absolutely. And, and God's like, no, you're the man. Like it's you, like you can go get a friend, but it's you, you know? And, and, and gosh, I, I love Moses. He's my favorite biblical character. I don't know if you're supposed to have favorites, but he's definitely my favorite. And actually I plan at some, this is sort of off topic, but I do plan at some point to take the journey from Egypt into the promised land. And it's, it's very doable, but it's also very dangerous. So, you can Google it if you want, but you kind of have to hire people to protect you.
1: Yeah, I've heard that it only like takes like a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's like a, a straight line. Yeah, it's like a two week
0: thing mm-hmm. if you go straight there, or it can take forty years. Yeah, or yeah, if you want to take the scenic route, right? Uh, <laughs> so you
1: bet you better not wait too long to take the trip, just in case you you take
0: Plan B instead of right. the two week journey. Right, and and so in <laughs> getting back to the idea of Moses and not really wanting to face yeah. the truth is. I mean, you can look at, I mean, Jonah too, I guess, but I mean, Moses, he stands out because he seems so relatable in his, um, self deprecation, I guess. Right. Yeah. Like his idea, his, not good his
1: enough. identity, he has trouble accepting who his, what, what his identity is. Yeah, for sure. You know, his, his identity, even as a leader, even though obviously he's a leader, mm-hmm. um, he obvious to us that he's a leader, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. to him, it wasn't. It wasn't as obvious. Then you go through and read through the rest of the book, and mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, okay, this guy most certainly is a leader. It's funny because even though Aaron was sort of, uh, you know, designated as his spokesperson, you certainly see Moses doing right a, a lot of it from that point forward. So you're sort of like, hmm, maybe these were
0: just kind of excuses mm-hmm. no absolutely and and I the, the excuse thing is where, where I was really trying to get to was yeah. the idea that I'm really good at giving excuses I think a lot of people are good at giving excuses um, especially when things get difficult or things aren't the way we want them to go and you know we as Christians are frequently in places or in conversations or in social media arguments that um, you know allow for us to throw in an excuse or use our beliefs as an excuse, and instead of using them as just truth, and like, well, this is what the Bible says, and it's like that's that's fine, and that's that's absolutely not a bad way to go, but but I think that you're not really convicted; you're really more of just, oh, I'm going to prove this person wrong. Well, there's certainly ways to weaponize scripture. Sure. Um, and, and, you know,
1: as you know, one of the classes that we've been working on together recently dealt with motivations, our motivations. Yeah. And I think that that's a perfect example of sometimes... You know, you can come with something that's that's true, something that you know comes from the scripture. You know, I can also pull some things from the scripture that you probably don't want to follow because I think that's not exactly right. what their purpose is in scripture. Sure. They're they're sort of examples that you know maybe we want to move past and not mm-hmm. follow. Um, but yeah, your what what is your motivation for for posting this or commenting that? Man, I have to think about that and. Um, and check that all the
0: time, especially in during lockdown, right? Right. Well, I mean it's it's like are you are you using scripture or are you drawing your lines out of fear? Or are you doing them out of love and or you know, or or hope or anger or admi- self admiration? I mean, we talked about those things in the class, right? Right. Um you know, and I mean and even it interestingly enough, by the way, your class yesterday was fantastic. Oh, I it. genuinely thoroughly enjoyed it. I I, I got to be on camera too, which was super cool. Um, but also weird all the same time. Um, but the, the idea of, of peace being a motivator is not one that I think about often. And yeah. you talked about Shalom and, yeah. um, I, I should let, I should just be quiet and let you talk about the class is fantastic. But one of the things that I, if we would have had more time, I would have, um, I had a, I had an experience with, um, a, a, a Jewish friend um, mm-hmm. when I was younger, and one of the things that I mean, this guy. Now that I look back, like he, we were in high school, and like he was incredibly wise. Like like looking back, it's like, wow, why didn't I hang out with him more often? Yeah. But um, he looked at shalom as harmony. Yeah. And yeah. in that in that harmony comes unity, and mm-hmm. that that the unification of. Not just yourself with your beliefs, but yourself with other people, and how you can come together in a unified belief. Like right. You take yours and you take theirs, and how can you peacefully come together to create, you know, what God really wants? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's a beautiful concept to me. Well, I, you, you mentioned
1: harmony. You know, one in, in another life, I was a I was a musician, and I played the trumpet and the soprano bugle, and I was mm-hmm. in. Uh, a drum and bugle corps And we played in this horn line And there were Wait, there which, were,
0: which one? Because I was in band as well
1: Okay, so so I was in the Blue Devils Drum and bugle corps You were from, wait, time out. from Concord, California Home. Are you serious? 19 time world champion Yes I, I, You
0: I, were part of the Blue Devils Yes
1: And Katie too She was the color guard captain What?
0: Yeah, yeah First, first off I've lived here for two months now. You never said anything about that. So we're going to talk about it <laughs> later. To come
1: to my house and see my DCI medals That's and everything. Ama- you, oh, it's, it's, sorry. Oh, so That's we'll amazing. get, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So, you know, in a 70, uh, person horn line 70 brass instruments and you have the, the, the tubas essentially the, the contrabasses, mm-hmm. the baritones, the euphoniums, you know, the mellophones, the soprano bugles, basically trumpets. There's 70 of us. We're all playing, you know, different groups playing different notes that you not only are playing, you know, the the, the right notes within the chord, but everybody has to be playing with the same uh, tone, the same approach to the instrument mm-hmm. and in tune and yeah. perfectly in tune. And once that happens, even though you have this extreme diversity, different mouthpieces, different instruments, different people, men, women playing the instruments, what comes as a result of that? There's nothing like it. There's right. absolutely nothing like being in front and hearing that sound of seventy people that are in harmony. It's absolutely. it's like shalom. It's loud shalom. Yeah. Some is. people <laughs> some people think of shalom as being like the absence of sound for me. You know, even now when I get in front of a group like that, and they're perfectly in tone and in tune, the harmony, everything coming together. Um, But you know what? There there are a lot of rules to be followed. Like Mm -hmm. if somebody takes their third valve slide and pulls it out all the way when you're not supposed to, man, no, you you actually there literally are lines on the slides that you have to move. Everybody move to two, you know, Mm -hmm. all all contrabasses move to two and a half, all you know trumpets move to three and a half, and if you don't do that. Together, so if you aren't even in your diversity, if you're not moving in the same direction, or you don't have some commonality of method, Mm -hmm. you don't end up with that shalom, with that sound at the end.
0: Absolutely, and another another illustration of that, which I'm a big Mighty Ducks fan, Uh, D2 the Mighty Ducks specifically, um, whether I think they're training for the uh, the Olympics or the the. Now was Emilio Estevez in
1: both one and two? He was in both one and two. Okay, but one
0: of the things that they did was he tied a rope around the whole team because they were. They're on the ice. If you haven't seen Mighty Ducks, like get off the podcast and go watch Mighty Ducks. <laughs> like, Press to, pause. Yeah, please. Um, <laughs> but come back later. But like he he put them all in a group because they were arguing and they were, you yeah. know, they couldn't get they couldn't agree. And so that 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 translated into bad play on the ice, right? And so he tied them all together and then they had to skate. And they had to go in this in the same direction and they, they couldn't do it at all until, until finally they were like, all right, fine. Everybody at one time, you know, skate, you know, take a step to the left, take a step to the right. I mean, and it was, you know, this montage, this great moment, right. Where everybody was able to, you know, kind of get it together and start moving together. And, and hopefully, um, as the body of Christ, that's what we're doing. We're starting to move together. We can start to move together. We can move in one direction,
1: And that's really hopefully what the spirit is like already doing. Absolutely. And we're, we're, we're hopefully sort of like catching on to that. Yeah. So whenever we do it, we're really just maybe like tagging along to what the spirit is already doing because it's, it's not divided within itself. It's Mm -hmm. something that we're catching on to.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, um, Rob Bell, um, who, has, has written some good books. I don't necessarily agree with everything that Rob Bell has said, but you could say, I could say that literally about any person ever. Um, I could say that about my dad. Dad, if you're listening, it's a sorry. Sorry. Yeah. sorry, dad. My bad. We can talk about it later, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, he had this, this youth series called Numa, like yeah. several, several years ago. And I, um, actually had an email name, like completely named after one of the lessons that he had. And it was the idea of being in tune with Christ. Yeah. And that was my email, in tune with Christ at Gmail. Yeah, Um, I don't use it anymore. So if you email me, I'm probably not gonna respond.
1: But um, at least it was Gmail, not Hotmail. So you're you're not dating yourself that bad.
0: Lauren, I just want you to know what he said. No one uses Hotmail anymore. (laughs) My wife still uses Hotmail. Anyway, (laughs) my my wife's on Yahoo. So, (laughs) (laughs) so anyway, golly, what are we doing? We gotta get it together. Um, Oh, we're gonna get in big trouble later. Yeah, but um, his whole his whole idea was that. we have this idea that, that God is like way out here and we're stuck here on earth, but he's this, you know, he's kind of like way out somewhere else. Right. Yes. Um, but, that's biblically not true. He's here with us. And, you know, the spirit hopefully is working through us and able to have to enable us to have that. That's really great relationship with God. Right. Um, but that requires um, an understanding of being in tune with him and what he's and what his will is. Right. And um, being able to get to that point and and and. He, I don't, I, don't, I just don't know if he used the word barrier, but being able to, you know, break down the barriers that I have created in order to, you know, that, you know, God, he's, he said that God's kind of like that, like a song that is, it's all, it's always he's always playing and there's, there's like a groove and there's a, there's a harmony that that's, yeah. that's just so nice. And, and, and we have to be able to get in tune with him with, yes. with that song and not our own and not, not, not think that he needs to change for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we decide to, you know, put these lines in places and make them concrete and don't allow them to move and we don't allow ourselves to grow at that point, um, we're, we're getting stuck in a place that we're not allowing ourselves because, um, if intonation changes while you're playing, right? Like it it can, right? Like, sure. Um, weather changes. Right. Absolutely. mm -hmm. And so things change, things happen and, and you have to be able to adapt. Absolutely. You have to listen to your left, to your right, mm -hmm, and adjust. Yeah, and we we have to be able to do that as Christians because discipleship is our true calling and to be able to disciple to someone we have to be able to understand where they're at and meet them where they're at well I think that that's
1: a great point I'll just go on record as saying I'm a I'm a, a bell fan a Rob Bell fan um, and one of the things I, I don't know if it was related to that Numa but one of the points that he makes I think is such a good point I think about with joining up with the work God is already doing is that you know there is a a bit of an evangelical mindset that let's say for mission work Mm -hmm. that, you know, when you go out as a missionary that like, you're going to be bringing God to people where God is not like somehow, like somehow God wasn't already there right? (laughs) or the spirit wasn't already there or wasn't already with these people or, or connected with these people or, and that, and that that is your job. It's like you're sort of overselling your role here. It's not that, You know, you wouldn't have an important role Mm -hmm. maybe as a guide or facilitator, but just the idea that sort of we carry God with us is not, that's, it's not scriptural, number one. Um, But, but I think, you know, catching on to what God is doing and what the spirit is doing um, in the world, in the lives of the people around us, not just in the church. I mean, I think again, to get back to the earlier point about people on the quote unquote outside. Right you know, but, but in all of our interactions, you know, what, what is God doing in the life of the person that's on the median, you know, asking, you know, for the 20 bucks or, or sure. whatever, like what, how is God working in, you know, your, in your coworker's life. And, and I don't mean to be presumptuous and jump in and, and declare truth, but I think considering those things and, and trying to be open like you said, listening to you know to the intonation of the of the player next to you, right? Um, reading the air, I think that can be really important to to being open to ways that you might be able to help. You know, there might be openings for you there.
0: No, absolutely, and, and I think that that's you know, um, that's why this is important. That's why these conversations are important. I thought
1: we we're going to disagree, man. I really we thought... need to. What, what is that in your notes too? Is
0: there <laughs> is there like a where do we get to disagreement? Is that? I'm sure that at some point we will get to disagreements. I mean, I I think that, um, I mean, we want to cover it like, I I say this, I want to cover things like the Black Lives Matter movement. I want to cover things like as a Christian, what do I what do poli, how do politics play into my life, or how how do I get how do I get involved sure. with that? I, I want I want to look at this is the easy stuff, man. Okay, right. okay, yeah, I absolutely, got you. yeah. <laughs> I, I want I want to get into things that, for whatever reason, the church has decided is kind of taboo to talk about within okay. the, the building, right? Right, right. Um, and and so should we,
1: should we mention that we're we are currently recording. We're currently in a, in a church building. building. We we're are, not we're not a sanctuary proper though.
0: Right. No, we're in my office. Um, I do have an office. This is the nicest office slash. It looks like a cigar lounge. Let's be really honest. It looks like we should have these like robes on and we should be kicked back and have like a stogie or something. right? Well, you don't, I I remember when this,
1: uh, you you know, when these renovations were, were made by a very (laughs) close friend of mine. So I I never (laughs) witnessed him, uh, You know, uh, spark up a stove in here. But um,
0: I mean, I'm not. I'm not hating on the on what it looks like. I'm just saying what it does look like. Um, And for the record, I don't smoke cigars. Um, Not really my thing. But
1: if um, you did, you wouldn't have inhaled in any event. No,
0: never. Absolutely not. That's I would never do that. Um, You're not supposed to. Right. But. You know, Brad, as we start to wrap up, I I do, I, one, thank you for, you know, helping me put this together. Episode one is pretty awesome, in my opinion. And I think we, I think we nailed it. Um, And I, I say that jokingly, but with, with, with the idea that, like... I think that we've given a good sense of what we're about to be, what we're going to be about.
1: Well, and I know we've gone in a lot of different directions. Um, You know, I I know that, you know, future podcasts will sort of get into some particular topics, but yeah, hopefully it gives folks a sense of, of what we're talking about. Um, You know, drawing lines and, you know, there's all sorts of ways, even though, I don't know if I may come off as somebody who doesn't like to draw lines, I can tell you what, in, in relationships, you know, when you're talking about, um, you know, dealing with people, you have to make decisions. Yeah. You have to make tough decisions. Some of the, you know, the toughest decisions that you ever have to make involve other people. Right. Um, and so, you know, we'd love to help give folks the tools to, to think through some of those things and some of these some of these tough issues. Looking forward to talking about it with you.
0: Absolutely. So next week, we're actually going to be speaking on Black Lives Matter. Um, That's going to be the topic. We're going to not necessarily get into um, the intricacies of, of what our opinions are, but more on as a Christian, where do I stand with Black Lives Matter? How important is it? What is Black Lives Matter actually making an attempt to accomplish? And you know is 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 god really a part of that
1: well and we'll certainly you know acknowledge uh our our, our whiteness factor oh absolutely as and Abs- uh, uh, you know we we certainly don't presume to have a, a perspective other than that but yeah i you know i look forward to sort of exploring um you know some areas of scripture and to see uh you know see what see see what comes up in the conversation
0: sure and and you know and I feel like, you know, we're, we're going to make an attempt to, to pander a lot during that moment or in, during that during that because we are both white males. And however, I also want to want to make it very clear that we're trying to come from a place of love and understanding and not judgment. Um, and but and humility. No, absolute, uh, absolute <laughs> humility. Oh, my goodness. And so we're um, really looking forward to that. Um, you know, looking forward to more conversations with you, Brad. And, um, uh, anything else before we go? Well, I think both our wives need to upgrade to
1: Gmail or some other email service so that they don't get uh, ripped on during the next episode. (laughs) But other than that, that's my one takeaway.
0: Yeah, and and eventually you're going to have to tell me about your DCI days because I'm a little upset that we haven't had a conversation about it yet, but it will happen.
1: I got some rings to show you, buddy.
0: All right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Drawing the Line. We will see you next week. Have a good one.